Lord Christ. Please be seated. <laughs> <laughs> you <be> blown away. <laughs> well, the, the scriptures today give us so much to think about. Uh, about how we are to think about God and how we're to think about how to relate to each other and how we're to think about serving people in the world. And it's one of these wonderful series of texts that comes together, I think, around the prayer that we said at the beginning, which is asking God to increase in us true religion. True religion. True religion. Now, do you know what true religion is? Yeah, so I could get up here and give you a lesson in doctrine and dogma and the history of the church. We could go through all the catechisms, and I know that would be a blast. (laughs) But I think the real question is, what rings true to you? As you're seeking to understand what it means to be a person of faith, what it means to love other people, and what it means to serve the world. And what I want you to know is I think you're all heroes for taking the journey and thinking it through. Because honestly, it can be a real trial at times, this faith journey. And other times we can come to places of deep emotion and conviction that can fundamentally change our life. So, true religion. Well, I suppose at one level it has something to do with belief. Belief. What does it mean to believe in God? And what is it what do we believe about God? You know. Hello? Are you there? Are you are you involved in life? Are you connected? Are you a part of things? I mean I think that's one of the questions that we ask. And I remember as a child, you know, I I would sit at my uh, at my mother's foot, and she would tell me about God. And we would uh, she'd have little verses of scripture that she wanted me to memorize. And I remember that prayer. Do you remember before you go to bed? Now I lay me down to sleep. Do you remember that? We'd say that, and I can remember having this sort of sense of safety and connection to God until my mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And you know, that was such a big shock. And I remember feeling like my faith had been torn out from underneath me. And I remember feeling doubt. And I remember feeling dirty about feeling doubt. Like there was something wrong with me. And I didn't really want to tell anybody that I was really struggling to understand how my mother could possibly be suffering. Remember the book, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People, right? And sometimes I wonder, why do good things happen to bad people? But that's another sermon. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I came across across something by Frederick Buechner that that really resonated with me. Because you know what he did is he kind of reached into my soul and he just sort of said, Chip, it's okay, you know? It's okay to really to struggle, to not really understand. He said this, he said, if you tell me Christian commitment is a kind of thing that happens to you once and for all, right? We thought about it, we thought, we thought that was the case. Once and for all, I believe, I believe forever. If you think that, he says, you're pulling the wool over your own eyes or trying to pull it over mine. 
every morning we should wake up in the bed and ask ourselves, can I believe again today? No, better still, don't ask it until it, and you've read the New York Times and you've studied the daily record of the world's brokenness and corruption, which should always stand side by side your Bible. Then ask yourself if you can believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ again for a particular day. And if your answer is always that yes, then probably you don't know what believing means. At least five out of ten, the answer should be no. Because no is important as yes. Maybe even more so. Because no is what proves that you're human in case you should ever doubt it. You're human. And by the way, it's good to be human. And then, he says, if some morning the answer happens to be really yes, then say yes. And choke back your tears and laugh with great delight. Yeah. You know, I think for me, um, the big shift in belief, I mean, I was a big God person. You're a God person? And I wasn't really sure what to do with Jesus. I mean, he was the guy with the long hair that wore the Birkenstocks. You know, I couldn't figure out what, he was, what, he was, what it was all about, you know? And then as I studied him, I watched how he took on the brokenness of other people. I watched as he walked with people that were suffering. I watched as he himself experienced suffering and doubt from the cross. And I watched as I read the story about how he rose from the dead with wounds, being able to identify with our, with our own brokenness. And I think where I've kind of landed is um, I'm I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with Jesus who is love, who is compassion, uh, who embraces, and who also calls me to live a life of love. Belief. What's true for you? You have to figure that out, you know? And what I want you to know is, even in moments when you don't know what to believe, as Desmond Tutu once said, know that God believes in you. God believes in you. And God loves you just as you are. Which moves us to another dimension, I think, of true religion, whatever that finally means, which is really about relationship. What does that mean, to have a relationship with God? I remember kind of struggling with that. Like, God, you're so big. How do I relate to you? And again, it was through Jesus that, that I finally found that connection. But I remember being so puzzled by prayer. You know, Like, what's the point of prayer? And I began to think that most of the spiritual life was about having this sort of prayer life. And if I was really, really, really good, I could convince God through my prayer powers to get me anything that I want. Right? Pray. And there's a, there's a text that if you really spin the text the wrong way, you can read it this way. Whatever thing you want, ask what you desire, and ye shall have it. And I thought, I was feeling at that point in my life like, I'm, believe, I'm a believer, and I'm a strong prayer. And I, can, and I still pray. 
But you know, what I realized was I was turning God into a kind of a divine vending machine, you know. And I remember hearing it really caught me when I heard, you know, Janis Joplin, you know the song Mercedes Benz. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amens. Worked hard all my life. No help from my friends. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? I never prayed for a Mercedes Benz, but I will tell you, um, I wanted a Jeep. No. That there was a time when I thought, you know, I'm going to kind of put these special prayer powers to work. I'm going to test God to sort of see if this works, right? And so uh, I grew up in Virginia, and we spent uh, our summers on Chesapeake Bay. And we would take a boat around, and we would tie up in these different places. And it was gorgeous, but you know, for a teenager, it was boring. It was boring. You know, it's funny how like the things that you thought were boring when you were a teenager, right now you're like, I would love to have that. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd love to have that. Four channels, no cell reception. <laughs> and um, you know, in this particular case, I was just bored, and I. And I looked around and on the docks, and there was this really pretty girl. And I was like, wow, I'd love to meet her. Like, the, things are changing around here. <laughs> this is really great. And so um, I kept thinking, you know, maybe she's eventually going to come off of her boat and come out, and I'll see her, and we'll say hello, and, you know, the music will start playing. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I said, you know, Lord, I, I really want to, I, 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 like, got religious about it. I said, Lord, I really, I really want to meet this girl. And, you know, and, uh, and I prayed, and she didn't come off the boat. This prayer thing, you know, this doesn't really work, you know, and all that. And, uh, and then I remember, you know, whatsoever things ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, ye shall have them. I said, Lord, and, you know, and she didn't come, come out again. And I remember I went, get behind me, Satan. I was going to make this happen. And sure enough, she came off the boat. With her boyfriend. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, I'm being taught a lesson. Like, it's really, we should pray for things, you know? I mean, God wants us to pray. Um, remember, Lord, how shall we pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. But there's this, you probably need to stop right there and say, in me. You know? God, help me bring... Uh, bring me to a place where I'm not just thinking about me all the time, but I'm also thinking about how I can be a blessing to other people. Remember St. Francis of Assisi? Yeah. And he had just was known for this, having this really special thing about him. And, um, and people tried to figure out what made him tick. And uh, every night before he went to bed, this man would go and look and peeked in him. And he said, he said, St. Francis would do this. He would say, fall to his knees and say again and again for hours on end, not my will, but thy will. Not my will, but thy will. Not my will, but thy will. And I often think about, you know, like what would life be like if, if that was sort of a consistent prayer for us? Take my life and let it be. Consecrated, Lord, to me. Use me. Uh, use me to your glory. And I'm always amazed by the ways in which people live that into that. You know, that 
the ways that they share their love and their generosity. I mean, you do it, right? Um, and then there are these kind of people that pop out that are exemplars. Uh, yeah, I, I like my Uber driver. I mean, I, I was, I had, I was coming when, as I was coming to to, to Jackson. I got in, I was in an Uber driver and I was driving around, and he was one of those chatty Uber drivers. You know, and I'm kind of introverted, and I was trying to, you know, read, you know, important things like Instagram and that sort of thing. Uh, and he was chatty, and he was talking about, you know, uh, he said, you know, what do you do? And you know, I said, well, I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a priest, and that generally seals up the conversation. Uh, but, uh, but he, he, he started talking, talking about faith and so forth. And he said, well, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. Right. I said, wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I said, well, tell me, well, tell me, what are you going to do in your retirement? You know, almost to the airport, getting close here. And he says, well, you know, I'm in my retirement, I'm going to drive Uber. I said, really? I said, well, you know, that doesn't really sound like retirement to me. He said, oh, no, no, you don't really understand. He said, what I plan to do is I'm going to, I'm going to drive Uber still, but everything I make after expenses... I'm going to donate to St. Jude's Hospital. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm a priest. I mean, look at this guy. This guy's <laughs> this guy Jesus right here. In the Uber, you know? Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, so what is, uh, what is true religion? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think you've got to figure that out for yourself. You've got to figure out um, what it means. Uh, but here's what I would ask you to do. Don't shrink wrap it down. Don't let it sort of seize you up, right? Don't make it, don't let it intimidate you. Um, see your life, Abraham Heschel said, as a work of art. See your faith as a work of art. See it as an adventure. See it as a process of discovery. See it as coming to the end of what you used to think and breaking through to something new. See it as a way of being a living expression of God's love to a broken world. And when you get when you get into that mode, when you move out of the sort of ah, my God, true religion, my God, I'm not good enough. To which you move to, God loves me as I am. God embraces me. God's walking with me on the journey. That's the moment that faith comes alive. And all of these things you, you discover that you, you, maybe you felt bad about, your doubts, your wonderings. Uh, you know, as Beekner said, you know, uh, your, uh, the, those doubts are kind of the ants in your pants that keep you moving. And the most beautiful expression is when you can just make peace with yourself and say, you know what, uh, I'm in it to win it. Let the journey begin. I want to close with a, a wonderful adaption of the Beatitudes that was given to me by uh, my dear friend, uh, Jimmy Barnes, who's the rector of this church. And if you haven't been to St. John's yet, you need to go in, in town and, and, and hear Jimmy and preach and meet the wonderful staff of St. John's. This is something that Jimmy shared with me. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing on you and me. Ready? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Alright, here it comes. <laughs> Blessed are the curious, for curiosity honors reality. 
Blessed are the uncertain and those with second thoughts, for their minds are still open. Blessed are the wanderers, for they shall find what's wonderful. Blessed are those who question their answers, for their horizons will expand forever. Blessed are those who feel foolish, for they are wiser than those who always think themselves wise. Blessed are those who are scolded and suspected and labeled as heretics by the gatekeepers. For prophets and mystics were treated in the same way by the gatekeepers of their day. Blessed are those who know their unknowing, for they shall have the last laugh. Blessed are the perplexed, for they will reach the frontiers of contemplation. And blessed are those who are cynical about their cynicisms and suspicious, suspicious about their suspicion, for they will enter the second innocence. And finally, blessed are the doubters, for they shall see through false gods, and blessed are the lovers, for they shall see God everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs>